This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You really don't need to be perfect. The magic of a platform like YouTube is that it is very raw and authentic. I'm just a normal person. I live in a normal place. It's just a different, a different format. We want that relatability to people. It is no secret that YouTube is a huge part of my entrepreneurship journey. It's my number one referrer of leads, both to my courses and to my agency. And a lot of you want to start YouTube channels for the same reasons. You want to see if it can benefit your business or it can help you grow as an entrepreneur. So today I'm sharing the five things that I wish I knew before I started making content on YouTube. My first piece of advice for YouTube is that you don't need to be perfect. I hear from a lot of people who really, really overthink this. And this is really true for any type of content. Before I did YouTube, I had a blog. And in addition to YouTube, I also have a podcast. You know, there's lots of different types of content that you can overthink. Live video is another one that I still sometimes get really in my head about. You really don't need to be perfect. I think the magic of a platform like YouTube is that it is very raw and authentic. I'm just a normal person. I live in a normal place. You know, I'm not some rich celebrity or something like that, where if you want to hear from those folks, you can turn on TV. They have their own shows, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different, a different format. We want that relatability to people. So you don't have to be perfect. In fact, I think some of my best performing content and the ways that I connect with people in the best ways are actually the ones that kind of make me cringe and that I'm maybe even a little embarrassed about. For example, my week in my business series is not a huge performer in terms of views. And I definitely questioned even doing that piece of content, which if you don't watch, it's basically just a weekly vlog. And I sit here at my desk most of the time and just say, hey, here's what I'm doing today. Oh, hey, here's my screen. Here's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's a little time lapse of me on a call, right? I thought that that piece of content or that type of content would be really boring to people. A lot of people tell me that's my favorite series. That's why I keep watching you because I see myself in you, or I see where I could be in a couple of years, or I see where I was a couple of years ago, you know, and they really relate to you that way. So start with whatever you have. That's my best piece of advice for this is start with your iPhone. Start for me. It was a point and shoot camera. It was like the worst camera. It was a, I don't even know what it was. It was I don't even know the brand. It wasn't a Canon or a Samsung. Actually, I think it was a Samsung. It was like an old school digital camera. I'm talking, you know, circa 2003, maybe. I started with that. So start with whatever you have. And as you grow, as you continue being on this platform, you'll learn what people are liking and therefore what to invest in. If people really like the sound of your voice and you are like, I want to amplify that. I want to make sure that that is really good quality that I'm going to invest in sound. If people love the way that you shoot 
your vlogs when you're out in the world, maybe you want to get a gimbal or a monopod or something like that. So you got to just rip that bandaid off and dive in first. So we even know where to improve and where to sort of pull the lever. The next piece of advice I'll give is that consistency matters. And I think that this is true for all parts of entrepreneurship, truly. Like show up, do the work. That's really a big part of success. Resilience, keeping at it, staying consistent, keeping keeping going. And for YouTube specifically, it definitely matters. I have been creating content on YouTube for several, 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 several years. And really I didn't start to see a big uptick in, you know, I always had this like steady, steady, slow growth. But I saw like big spikes in my growth when I said, you know what, I'm going to create one video every Monday or whatever day it was, Monday or Wednesday or Friday. I don't know what I started with, but I said, hey, this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to do one video a week. And people started to come back. Whereas before I was posting one video a week, but it was like some weeks it'd be Monday, some weeks it'd be Friday. Some it'd just be whenever I could get to it. And then of course, this past year, it really started in uh, November is when I said, I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday uploads. Now I've fallen off of that a little bit recently, just because I've been trying to really improve the quality of the podcast and, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm varying that for you guys. But you know, I had at least like five months of uploading Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm, I'm getting back to that. I swear. I, I think I can do it. People want to know that they can make you a part of their day. I have certain creators that I watch. They're like my lunchtime creators. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm having lunch and I'm watching a video from these particular creators. Friday mornings for the podcast. A lot of you tell me that, you know, you have your first cup of coffee listening to the podcast and so on. So whatever it is that you can give, whether it's a month, you know, once a month, whether it's once every other week, whether it's once a week, three times a week, let people know when they can expect you so that they can set their, you know, little alarms in their brains or their calendar alerts and tune in to come see you. With that, I also think a big missed opportunity that even I don't do for every video is getting it out onto an email list. Having an email list is such a valuable thing. I actually talked about this in an interview on my podcast with uh, Jess Dante of the YouTube channel Love in London. I'll link that in the show notes if you want to listen to it. She talked about how she would send out her videos to her newsletter and it's like, Duh, that is such a genius thing to do. I don't do it for every video now, but I do include it in my newsletter that I send out once a month. So I'll make sure to do a roundup of my favorite content from that month and send it out. If people are looking forward to your newsletter and they're looking forward to your videos, you know, you're starting to really cultivate that community of raving fans. I hate to use the word fans. I don't consider anybody fans of me, but viewers, you know, people who love what you do and are going to be a lot easier to sell products to and or spread the word about your products if they're not the ideal client for you. So make sure to leverage all of your different resources, including newsletters. My next tip is to create for them and for you. This is one I really struggled with for a long time. I'm a creative at heart. I love all things creative. I love watching YouTube. I am definitely a viewer and I really have fun making content. And I think that's good, but you also have to learn how to sort of separate yourself from that to some degree too. And again, I think this is true for a lot of different things. I think this is true if you're a professional photographer, right? If you're shooting weddings, you can't just shoot the most artsy cool picture that you want. You also need to make sure to get those kind of more boring, 
family group shots and the more cheesy, you know, romantic photos. You can't just do all the artsy things. And this is definitely true for YouTube for me as well. I have to make sure if I have an idea, we can my business, for example, is what I was just talking about. That could be a very selfish series if I let it be. I could just record and like rant and vent and just use it as my own personal soapbox and promote things and, and that's it. I could totally do that and my life isn't that interesting. So it could be a very boring, boring series. But what I try to do before I publish any anything on YouTube is I say, how is this going to help somebody? No, not every single scene is gonna help people. Some might just be pretty, pictures of the lake or whatever, or might be, I don't know, just a funny moment. But I want you to walk away from every single video having learned something. So for example, I ranted in one of my week in my business or just a vlog recently about a big accounting error that happened. And I was really mad about it, to be honest with you. And it was a rant. It was just like me getting something off my chest. I sat with it and I said, what I want you all who are watching this to reflect on is interview your accountants, interview three accountants before choosing on, you know, deciding on one, double check people's work when it comes to money, blah, blah, blah. And gave people these lessons that I could learn, that they could learn from my mistakes so that it wasn't just a rant. So think that about everything, even the, the most simple thing can teach somebody something. And that is why people come back. They either come because you're teaching them something because you're entertaining them. I would say those are the two biggest ones, at least for me. I'm sure there's other motivations for watching YouTube, but those are the biggest ones definitely for me is that I'm educating them or I'm entertaining them. And even entertaining is a little bit subjective, especially when you have a more dry personality like I do. So it's usually education that I try to lean on. From a creative perspective, something I've learned over the years is that stock music really sucks. <laughs> and and like, let's go a little bit deeper than that too. It's not just stock music, but like using your creative elements really carefully does make a big difference. Music is one that really is hard and it really sets the tone in film. I, you know, use my film degree here, mise-en-scene, right? It sets the tone is basically what that means. It sets the scene. If I'm playing this like loud, jarring music and using this like soft, beautiful B-roll, it just doesn't match up. And it is really hard to find music that is not cheesy or obnoxious or annoying. So there is the YouTube audio library, which is free and you have to sit through that. Like, don't get me wrong. You need to sit through that like hours to find good stuff, but there is definitely some good stuff on there. So that's one resource, but I also love a resource called epidemic sound. And this is a more premium solution. So if you're deciding that you are going to go hard with YouTube, you are going to post a video a week or something like that enough to really be able to make this worth your while. I highly recommend this subscription. They have really high quality, unique sounding music. That's not cheesy. It just sounds like real music that you would listen to, like real indie music that you would find. They have all different genres, uh, you know, indie pop, even some country. I love country music. I know, uh, hip hop, like they have vocals, no vocals, all kinds of stuff. So I really like the, both of those resources a lot. And same thing for any of your elements. You know, if we're talking about fonts, if we're talking about stock 
B-roll video footage or photos, just choosing things carefully and really intentionally so that you're not just kind of doing what everybody else is doing. I mean, I know this probably sounds very no duh, but those little elements really do make a big difference. The last tip that I'm going to share for now is that thick skin really is an understatement. I feel like I want to talk about this in more depth, but I am struggling with how to communicate it in a way that is not very woe is me because I want to be honest, YouTube is a blessing. I am grateful. It is the coolest thing ever. I was never popular. I never really had friends. And so to have so many virtual friends is the coolest thing in the world. So I never want to pretend like I take that for granted or sound like I take that for granted, but there is a very dark side to creating any type of content online. And I think uh, it it's important, like I said, I'm not trying to woe is me at here because the positive clearly outweighs the negative. That's why I show up every week. But I think it is important to talk about for those of you who are considering starting a YouTube channel for your business, because there are certain things you have to be aware of. And you know, you, you do have to get used to somebody just coming on your page sometimes and saying, you're ugly. You look like, I don't know, a man or like whatever, like just dumb, like childish insults, number one, which does make it easier because you can just kind of laugh about them. But sometimes there are hard hitting, more personal ones. I've been told that I'm a gold digger, which is also laughable. I did a whole episode of the podcast about that. I've obviously been given very, very racist and very sexist comments about myself, about my family, my husband, my loved ones. Those are the ones obviously that are hard and that really make you question everything. But I have been reading this book. I, I was really struggling actually a couple months ago. I don't even remember what happened. That's the good thing is the comments like roll off. Now I'll be really mad about them for, you know, an hour. And then like, I forget what even made me so mad, but I was really struggling. Cause I think it was one of those times where just a lot of them were coming in. And I listened to a podcast, uh, the balance blonde is the podcast that I was listening to her, her interview with Trevor Hall, one of my favorite artists. And she was talking about a book that she was reading called the daily stoic. So I bought it (laughs) instantly. And it's, it's basically about empowering your inner stoic and it's a daily devotional book. So it's, it's not religious, but it's similar to how you would read a religious text and that you read basically a passage every day and I'm catching up. So I'm, I'm, you know, reading half a year at once, but in theory, you would just read one of these little passages every day. And it's actually really been helping me just develop that thick skin and that kind of inner confidence and realizing that I'm not going to please everybody and, you know, move on. But yeah, you have to be prepared for that stuff. And I think also as a business owner, you have to be prepared for the fact that some people just aren't going to like you and they're going to take that out on your business. Some people are going to be creepy. You know, I've had people follow me on YouTube and book discovery calls with me just to like hang out with me. Uh, I I used to offer in-person kind of discovery sessions and I don't do that anymore because I had weird people wanting to do that with me. And it freaked me out. I'm sure it was probably harmless, but it, you know, you do have to just keep those things in mind. So there's that. (laughs) So if you've been watching or listening and thinking that you want to give video a try, I have a really great resource for you. I have a course called video content creation for business, and it's a mini 
course that packs a whole lot of punch. It's really short and easy to get through, but it also has some very, very valuable resources in it. It has an in-depth editing tutorial. I go through and just edit a video with you using a free tool that most of you have on your MacBooks. I also talk about my pre-production, my post-production process, and kind of how I get it out there and market that stuff as well. I go through in-depth SEO research for YouTube and production tips and so much more. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. If you're interested. Like I said, it's a mini course. So you can kind of do this in, in really one or two days if you want to, it's a crash course. And I think it will definitely help a lot of you who are struggling with that. Maybe a little bit of that imposter syndrome, feeling like you're not good enough or you're not knowledgeable enough about the process, it'll help you kind of get that push that you need. So some of my favorite tools for YouTube that I want to talk about today, number one are TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is a game changer. It's what I use for YouTube SEO. And I have a video all about how I use that. And it's also in the course that I just mentioned. So I will link the free video up here in the course in the show notes as well. And then I also talked about Epidemic Sound. This is a fantastic tool that I've been using for the past, I think since the beginning of the year. And I honestly, I hope you guys have noticed a difference in the video quality or the audio quality, uh, for my week in my business videos in particular, I've been using more interesting stock music from that website. So I'll also have a link for you in the show notes. If you want to sign up for that. The other tool that I really love for YouTube is Canva. Canva actually has a lot of really good video features now. It wasn't always the case. They used to be just, you know, a graphic design platform, but I use it for a lot of things. I use it to create like the end cards and the elements that you see kind of pop up on screen a lot of times. I also will use it for uh, quick edits. You know, if I want to just cut a piece out of a video. You can do that on Canva. I also use it for stock video. I don't use stock video in every single video that I create, but like my, my, uh, wedding, what it was it called? Social media for the wedding industry. I hadn't had a wedding yet. So I used a bunch of stock wedding footage for that video. And that was all pulled from Canva and it's great because you're allowed to use it through Canva, which is really, really helpful. Final cut pro is my video editor of choice. But again, I go through a pretty in-depth tutorial about a free program in that course. It's called um, iMovie, which I'm sure a lot of you have probably experimented with, or if you haven't, it's free on Mac. So it's a really good one to get started with. I personally use Final Cut Pro. And then I also think, you know, when we're talking about YouTube, if you're gonna invest in something, I guess there's two. There's two pieces of physical equipment that I would recommend investing in first. Honestly, if I had to choose one, it would be a microphone. I think. Audio quality is so much more important than video quality, believe it or not. What I've learned is that people will, they'll forgive bad video, like mediocre, flat video. They'll forgive that, but bad sound, I mean, I can't listen to it. I, I've clicked off so many videos that I really wanted to watch because the sound was just terrible. So I'll link a few of my favorite mic microphones in the show notes as well. I like the Rode products personally is kind of what I've been using for a while on a boom pole, which is kind of like a whole configuration on its own, but getting it as close to your face as you can really helps. Obviously I use a podcasting microphone for these podcast episodes, but for my sit down videos and stuff, I just use a boom pole with a Rode microphone. And then the other tip that I'll give a lot of people get a camera and they're like, why does this camera suck? This camera isn't, I don't, I can't, you know, this, this YouTuber said she uses the same camera and hers, her video quality looks totally different. The truth is you can use almost any camera body 
really. What really brings those things to life is the lenses. So if you're gonna invest in a part of your camera, I would recommend investing in a more expensive lens. I use a Sigma art lens on this uh, camera that I'm using here, which is really what gives it that like more professional look, as opposed to if I just used a kit lens, which is kind of like the cheaper lens that just comes on the cameras, it wouldn't, it would look different. It's not to say that it would look bad. And there's so many DIY things that you can do to improve it just by sitting closer to the camera or having better lighting or going outside. Spoiler alert, natural light is always best. So there's a lot of different things that you can do, but, uh, yeah, I mean, investing in a lens is what I would always recommend over investing in like an expensive camera body. But with that said, I already said it, but you can totally start with your iPhone, your iPad. There's so much that you can do to just get started and at least see if you like it and sort of learn what you need to improve from there. So the question of the day is a good one. I thought it fit in really well with this episode. It says, I've been so unmotivated lately and just drained. I can't push like I used to. Any tips? I can relate to this and I wanted to bring it up specifically for the YouTube episode because that's one of the big things that prevents people from doing YouTube is they're like, I just can't imagine having another thing on my plate. And I, I hear you. I still do that sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to film a video today. There's so much other things going on. But my secret honestly is batching. I've talked about it before. So this shouldn't be a new thing to any of you, but batching really does make a difference. And what batching is, is basically sitting down on one day or a couple days and like getting your content ready. You can batch in a lot of, for a lot of different platforms. You can batch Instagram content, TikTok content, I'm sure. You can batch blog posts and emails. But for me, I put my batching hours into YouTube. So I sit down, I plan, you know, a day or two usually out of the month where I try to record at least the majority of my content. I do think it's important to leave room for things to just happen, right? Some big change to an algorithm might happen that I want to talk about, or a big personal life update might happen that I want to share. So I don't like to plan everything out kind of day by day. So kind of so meticulously, but I do plan out that pillar content. I make sure that I always have content in the queue. And that way, if you get sick or, you know, something happens, your memory card dies or gets corrupted or whatever, you still have something in the queue that you can put up kind of as a replacement. So that's my tip specifically related to YouTube. But I think just in general, I've noticed this too. And I think it's honestly just me getting older. I just turned 30 and I know I'm not old. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm old. I know the kids think that's like ancient, but it's not old. I'm still very young, but your body changes, your personal goals and needs and wants change. And I think that that has a physical effect on you too. If you're not into the grind like that anymore, it's physically going to come out as well. You're physically just not going to be able to be motivated to do that. You know, and also it's been a really hard year, you know, a hard year and a half or so uh, for a lot of people. It's been really hard. So I think it's important to give yourself grace. And I also think it's important to make a game plan. I've been getting really more, a lot more serious about growing my business. I always used to say, I don't know if I want to have a team. I don't know how many people I want to have work for me. And now I'm like, I have to, like, I cannot do this stuff on my own. I cannot reach the numbers that I'm reaching or trying to reach on my own. I mean, physically, can I do it? Like, is it, is it humanly possible? Yes. But will I lose my mind or burn myself out? 
also yes. So it's really important to have that game plan and just be able to kind of strive for it. I know you're probably not gonna have your dream team on day one, right? I I still am not at the point where I am outsourcing for everything that I would like to, but I'm inching my way to that and being able to take things off my plate, raising my rates and all of that. So I don't have to work as hard. I, I think that's really the answer is it's kind of looking at things through a longer lens and saying, where do I wanna be in five years? Do I still wanna be working 80 hour weeks? I don't, I'll tell you that right now. And if I ever choose to have a family, that's not gonna be possible. (laughs) It's not gonna be realistic. So I need to make plans now so I can get to where I wanna be in those next few years. Uh, So be gentle with yourself also in the day-to-day. You know, be gentle with yourself. If you need to sleep in, sleep in. It's another thing I've been working on with myself a lot is like, I always feel like I have to work this rigid nine to five and I just cannot shake that for some reason. I'm like, Latasha, you own this business. If you wanna work 12 to eight or 12 to seven or 12 to 10 or whatever, do it. Who is telling you what to do? Obviously be there for your clients if they need to meet with you or whatever, but beyond that, do what you need to do. And so, so be gentle with yourself. If you need an extra day off, who's going to get you in trouble? You, <laughs> they can tell the boss on you. So do what you need to do. And also take some time off, taking time off recently for my wedding. I took like a week and a half, a week fully off a week and a half, mostly off. It really did wonders for my creativity and my motivation. I came back just feeling so full of life and so full of energy. So I think we just forget, we get stuck, you know, kind of stuck in that hustle and forget how important taking that time is. So are you gonna start a YouTube channel? I'm really curious. Let me know in the comments if you create videos. Actually, I've never asked that. If you're watching on YouTube, comment down below if you make videos. I would love to check out some of your channels and that would be really fun. I don't have a lot of YouTube friends, so let's definitely do that. Comment below if you create YouTube videos and if you're going to, if you're planning on it, comment down below as well. I wanna hear from you and hear if you have any questions or any way that I could help you do it because I think everybody should do it. I love YouTube so much. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.